This is CyberPod EU, the European cybersecurity podcast powered by Sockwise. And pen testing is something there to There work. is no automatic pen Yeah, test, okay. Period. The tester itself is doing uh, the stuff as he or she thinks it's right, but uh, it's, it's very important to get a, a different opinion. You shouldn't do it simply in-house. You should hire someone from the outside. And if you hire a red teaming uh, assessment, um, you will see interaction which you had not in mind that could happen. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of CyberPod EU. Today, I am happy to have Ralph Reinhardt as my guest. Ralph is the founder, CEO, and principal consultant of Cyber Reinhardt, GmbH, and looks back on an exciting history of working in the information technology and service industry. Among others, he is a certified information security manager, certified information systems security professional, and uh, and. First of all, maybe nowadays a certified incident handler uh, by the EU Council as well. Um, I know that you are also uh, educating uh, people on different universities, which is very interesting. So he, Ralph is, a, is an amazing guest in today's episode. And um, I want to greet you here. How are you today, Ralph? Hi, thanks for having me uh, for the nice invitation. Um, yeah, uh, it was a pretty uh, <laughs> interesting day today. I started very, very early, which is quite unusual uh, since I'm a uh, take it to the bone. Uh, so no early bird, a late bird. But today was a little bit different. And uh, therefore, uh, I missed um, your invitation for half an hour. Sorry for that, but <laughs> a bit late than, than never. At least there was there was no real security incident. So <clears throat> it was a kind of a breakfast meeting with no no uh, on on our side. I mean, so it's 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 just yeah. a podcast recording, so you didn't miss anything in this time. So it's not the not not the, the hardest uh, part of your work. I hope at least on my end, definitely it's the best part of the the day. So uh, it's uh, jumping into into the conversation. So. You've got pretty many titles. Uh, could you name what is your favorite? So to which of your uh, <laughs> achievements are you most proud of? Well, um, actually, uh, you have to take into consideration that I'm coming from the hacker community. Hacker, so yeah. Whenever mm -hmm. someone with a hoodie um, or looking like he could wear a hoodie instead of a suit, is meeting some sea uh, level uh, meeting where will be questions, no doubt. And um, uh, uh, if you uh, have a discussion here and you tell people how the reality is, if you think we are safe and probably everything is fine. And uh, I remember one conversation where some guy uh, said, excuse me, I'm a CISSP. And I said, oh, that's nice. I'm as well and know about it. So uh, that, that makes things a lot easier if you can uh, tell them it's just a certification, but you have to think beyond uh, the certification. Of course, we are necessary. Um, it all started in my, my first company, which I had. I had a lot of calls with uh, purchase departments of different companies asking, uh, so you would like to look for our golden nuggets and you're asking a huge salary. Uh, what are your qualifications? 
And uh, we said, okay, well, we are pretty good hackers. We know exactly what we do. And the question was, can you prove that? And uh, of course, uh, no one uh, on the purchase department side can uh, guarantee that the person we are buying in uh, really has the skills. So we need some kinds of, of wafers, some, some papers. And therefore, those certifications are interesting. And that's the reason why I, let's say, collected them whenever I uh, spoke to someone said, we would like to have a SISM, we would like to have a CISSP, we would like to have a, a I don't know, uh, name it. And the interesting things uh, we, we heard, we made a, a list. And when I said to my fellow colleagues, okay, let's take some money. And every one of us makes one of those uh, nice, shiny certifications. Whenever there is a question of a customer, do you have, and um, we simply can say yes. Uh, mm. That's the reason why. Okay, so you don't care that much about certificates, but uh, your, well, your, your knowledge is important for you. As I, well, I, I know the, the that. <laughs> a certification, of course, um, is uh, a German term would be Deppenbremse, um, meaning that you can filter out people who claim that we can do things and, and, and at least people who know about it in theory. So mm-hmm. certification normally shows the theory and mm-hmm. uh, shows the, the addiction of a person that uh, he or she really would uh, like to dig into that matter and at least poke a little bit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I am very happy that uh, we could uh, convince you to to come with us to this episode because we are going to talk about uh, penetration testing, red teaming and other offensive testing things. And I found that during my, my not so long career as yours, that the people have plenty of misunderstandings around these testings and it's nice that you are also teaching it so <laughs> you are the source of the truth in this case so be very careful what no you are saying today there is no truth but anyway, <laughs> oh. no, no no that's wrong oh. there are a lot of truths but okay. you have to choose that's, your that's own better better okay so uh yeah, turn, turning to to penetration testing and and actually testing environments uh, for their resilience or protecting capabilities. So, um, what what do you think? So, uh, I think you uh, you also know the history of 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 this. And could you tell in your own words uh, what do you call a pen test? What do you call a red teaming? And is vulnerability scanning? And how do you differentiate them if you can? Uh, uh, have a boundary between these. <laughs> As always, the boundaries are, let's say, flexible. Okay. So if you ask for the history, the real history of penetration testing means that you would like to penetrate an armor. Uh, it's, it's a military mm-hmm. test, let's say, for tanks. Uh, mm-hmm. You are shooting at them, and we are either broken or we are resilient. Uh, it's that easy. That mm-hmm. is the beginning of penetration testing. Um, in our terms, in technical penetration testing, the system should be hardened. Whatever that system is, it can be a complete company, it can be a technical device, it can be a, a web application or an RP or whatsoever. And um, if you are pen testing something, you can either take the, the big, um, yeah, let's say the, the, the complete thing into uh, account, um, the, the complete organization and see how far can you come inside of an organization on organizational level. And if you are pen testing uh, one, one item, you can simply test that one item. In the end, you have to combine everything uh, back again. So pen testing is um, looking for vulnerabilities and trying to exploit them. 
Yeah. If you would like to um, have some some separations, what is what and uh, where are the uh, differences? Um, a lot of companies start with vulnerability scanning. Mm -hmm. So normally a scanner is just, just looking, let's say in the easiest uh, way, how many IPs do I have, which IPs do I have, and which ports are open on that IP. As you know, there is a set of certain ports which is usually used by some services. You can switch those ports, no, no problem there. But in the end, you can uh, do a fingerprinting and you see if there is something listening or some, some reaction on the other side. And in the next level, you can try to exploit that. And uh, so network scanning or system scanning or whatsoever is just looking which IPs, which ports, mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you realize that there are certain probably software versions which could be exploited, you can try that. And uh, a little bit more sophisticated scanner will try that way. We see, okay, that is a version 47.11 of that and that service. There are known vulnerabilities. Let's try those uh, exploits. It's probably not wise to do that in a in a in a rough manner on a on a working and productive environment, mm -hmm. since every exploit uh, can or every every tried exploit can also crash the machine. So mm -hmm. there is no guarantee that everything is shining. You simply become in a silent way root on the machine. Uh, no, forget mm -hmm. that. So there will be a lot of noise if you're using a scanner, and uh, of course there will be some uh, systems which simply. Uh, yeah, uh, go go belly up uh, for some reasons because we are too old or whatsoever. Uh, so we have to be careful with automated stuff. Uh, if you're doing it uh, manually, that's what I call a pen test. So oh, you have to, to make sure that, that things are um, safe. So in their insecureness, you have mm -hmm. to operate in a safe way, but you do not damage your company. For mm -hmm. instance, you should do a test on a, on a testing environment, if there is any testing environment. And if you have to do it in production, you have to be very careful, of course. This is exactly what I wanted to ask that. Do you yeah. call a pen test an automatic? So automatic no. and pen testing is something there, to There work. is no automatic pen yeah, test, okay. period. So um, if, if you, you can do vulnerability scanning, you can do it Indeed. in a reconnaissance way, or you can do it in an aggressive way. Or if you are really dumb, you can simply hit the Hail Mary button and see what, what's happening and when which also <laughs> start uh, to burst in flames. Um, I would not recommend that, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a question, interesting question you said, is uh, red teaming. So um, let's come back to, to pen testing. Um, you have to define the scope. What are you testing and which way you are testing? Are you careful? Are you aggressive? Um, and, and what is your entry point? You can do a pen test from outside. You can do a pen test from inside. And there are differences you have to take into consideration when you are doing that. Uh, red teaming uh, always involves people and, and interaction. So let's say uh, going into a company or calling some people, sending emails, trying to make them click stuff, um, getting inside, combined uh, maybe with social engineering, uh, uh, putting on the, the uniform of a postman, delivering some parcels, which for some reasons to have some Wi-Fi inside and then whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So um, in, in red teaming assessment, you have a name, let's say, find out the, the, the uh, access to the, the SAP or get us a golden ticket or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. 
And um, that is a pretty cool, uh, let's say, awareness uh, measure. And you see the um, probably vulnerabilities or things no one thought about it. So the uh, question is, why are we doing pen testing? Why are we doing uh, scannings? Um, because we would like to know that the organization has some uh, weaknesses, some vulnerabilities, which can be exploited. Mm. And the tester itself is doing uh, the stuff as he or she thinks it's right, but uh, it's it's very important to get a, a different opinion. You should not do it simply in-house. You should hire someone from the outside. And if you hire a red teaming uh, assessment, um, you will see interaction which you had not in mind that could happen. So it's uh, really, the, let's say, the dynamic uh, art of, of uh, pen testing. And with a lot of uh, improvisation, um, normal pen test is scoped and, and red teaming is somehow scoped as well. But uh, the, the aim is important. Get mm -hmm. your target, whatever the target might be, and you can, can in, in a real cool uh, red teaming, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. so I know some people who, who broke in uh, into doors to uh, manipulate some ATMs and stuff like that. Um, if you have a customer uh, allowing you to do that, that's great. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh -huh. And if the police come, you can say, oh, I got a contract. No worries. Yeah, that's a very important aspect to have a contract. That's <laughs> well, actually, you need two contracts. Two, yeah. One contract, which is the real one, and the other contract, which is fake one. And if we accept the fake one, we have another finding. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So uh, what I found uh, on the German market so far is that I would say 90% of the companies are interested in regular pen testing. Mm -hmm. Mostly they not really mean pen testing, but some kind of a scanning with a bit of manual reporting, at least to what the competition said to me. Mm. Uh, but still, I think it's it's worth uh, dealing with that for, for companies. But uh, what what is your opinion in, in which uh, ways uh, does pen testing help companies to be resilient? If, or if you agree at all that they should do it, I guess you, you do. Um, well, a customer is probably not um, always identical. Where there are a various uh, scope of, of, of customers, uh, and yeah. um, so so where are people which are very aware? Let's say if um, a DAX company in Germany um, uh, hires you to do a pen test, which is normally mm -hmm. done by let's say the security operations center, by Vercert or whatsoever. And if we say we have here a target, we have one system which is new, there was a change whatsoever, please check if it's still uh, secure. Mm -hmm. um, we know pretty exactly what we want and we tell you pretty exactly what we want. And if you do your work properly and deliver the report, things is done. We will understand the report immediately. We will know what to do. And uh, that's it. That's perfect and very professional for pen tester. And on the other side, there are, let's say, companies who are not very familiar with pen testing, probably doing first pen test. And then there's a lot of explaining necessary. What's it all about? What do you have to keep in mind? You have to explain when why it's important if you're doing a pen test to make backups of systems, for instance, mm -hmm. that there might be some damages and so on. Mm -hmm. So um, 
yeah, I can see a lot of advertising men in, in uh, the internet uh, for the German market. And a lot of them talk about um, and, and hacker simulation or whatsoever. So, mm -hmm. so <laughs> would I would like to, to, to hire someone who is doing the job really. If you are hiring a simulation, you can probably do a, a payment simulation afterwards. That's nonsense. Uh, but, but probably if you interrupt, I, I lost the red ribbon. What's it about? Uh, no, just uh, trying to find the positive sides there, what brings this for the customer. So on one hand, oh, yeah, technical okay. so failures, step, for example, that's, that's that's one thing, which is for sure. Um, when they do the pen testing, I mean, what do they get it the, because of the, the results of the, the pen testing show their vulnerabilities on one hand? What else does it bring to the ones who do it. Okay, awareness is the first thing. Awareness, awareness that we are that we are probably um, attackable by by some means. Mm -hmm. And um, in the event, in in the end, if if we have their findings and we, we fix those findings, that's also very important. It's not just uh, cool to know that, but there are some vulnerabilities where you have to fix that stuff, please. And if it's critical, please fix it in time. Mm -hmm. um, and do not wait for the next cycle or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And um, that makes the companies more resilient. So we really become more resilient and things become better. And mm -hmm. in an ideal world, you, you do not do just one pen test. A pen test is just uh, a snapshot of that very moment in time. So at that moment, or maybe that period, the week, if the pen test took a week, in mm -hmm. that week, we found that and that and that and that and that. And uh, but but time changes, and so do systems. There will be some some backups. There will be uh, not backups. There will be some some updates, some upgrades. There will be new uh, change requests for systems, and, and things will alter all the time. So um, it's not enough to say, okay, we had a pen test. That's okay for the next five years. You do to have that in in a, in a continuous way. Uh, at least uh, in, in, in a, um, let's say, in a defined period. Uh, some companies say every few years a system should be tested. Others mm. say if it's very important, once a year. And others say uh, whenever there was a major change, whoever mm. defines what a major change might be. Mm. In the end, it's all about, from a management perspective, accepting the risk. What are you um, prepared to, mm. to um, accept? And if you have that process of um, returning pen testing, of returning vulnerability scanning, of returning assessments, whatsoever, you start to create processes. And actually, that's what we want in the end. We want to have resilient companies where should become mature and where should have a robust and, and cool processes. And uh, the, the pen testing is probably the starting point for that. But but in the end, uh, it should be as always a cycle and should be better and better every time and in each time. So I think that is the, the great benefit of, of pen testing. Mm -hmm. If you are doing it in a, a process and then and, and, and you do it regularly, it's, it's not just fire and forget. Uh, uh, once in a lifetime experience, that should be yeah mm -hmm. uh, uh, on, on the table. Okay. Thank you very much for, for summarizing it. Headline of the week. This is an article by German IT Medium Security Insider. So according to a representative study commissioned by the Digital Association of Bitcom, only 54% of German companies from all industries have a contingency plan in case of a cyber attack. 
So according to the study, larger companies are better prepared, but there is still an overall backlog concerning cybersecurity and employees' awareness. For example, one, uh, only six in 10 companies conduct regular training on security topics, and there is still rather little intention to increase this number. So it's uh, a bit away from the, the core topic of, of penetration testing, but very close to the awareness, I guess. And this is what I keep telling to customers when they say, oh, okay, what is the first thing I need to do exactly on my side? I can, I can tell you that I, I tell them that, hey, create a plan what you are doing when, when this shit happens in, uh, with a cybersecurity uh, incident, especially a ransomware. So what is your opinion? And uh, regarding, did, did, did you read this article or do you know the, the phenomenon? Uh, I know the phenomenon, and well, it, it really does not surprise me uh, much. I think that's business as usual. Uh, and then I think uh, 45% is pretty good uh, yeah. compared to that, what we probably saw five years ago. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, maybe things uh, improve. So um, a company uh, would like to do something for an emergency situation uh, should have um, a baseline. So we should know uh, pretty exactly what is normal in their organization, what, what are regular um, mm -hmm. operations, what, what happens there, um, how many uh, VPN connections do I have in a normal uh, working day, let's say to China, to Russia, and so on. And if you don't have any employees in Russia or China, and normally you don't have any VPN connections, probably that might be uh, an indicator that uh, there is something rotten going on. And um, another thing which probably uh, is, is uh, interesting in, in pen testing, sorry for coming back to that, um, if your organization does not realize that there is a pen test conducted and we are blind and we do not realize that, that there are uh, payloads mm -hmm. fired and when you have a, a severe problem. So and the first step after uh, having, let's say, the first panthers, is uh, looking for, for anomalies. And you can look for anomalies if you know your baseline. What is your normal traffic? What what is the what are the flows? What what happens there? And if unusual things happen or start to happen, that should ring some alarms. And if that does not ring any alarm, the company is blind. And so we will not even be able to detect that there is probably an, an uh, attack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and then after we have their uh, baseline, of course, we should know what is my suit, what do I have to defend? Uh, do I have, let's say, I don't know, for any reason, uh, 10 ADs in, in my, my, my systems? How many, I don't know, Oracle databases do I have or whatsoever? And uh, um, how many uh, uplinks to, to, to the internet and, and so on? And uh, if you know exactly your situation, so, so what is my IT infrastructure like and which system do I use and uh, what, is, what is usual and what is unusual, uh, and you can, can start to uh, think about uh, incident handling or what happens in an emergency. Mm -hmm. So probably uh, we um, uh, some people are aware with the, the uh, incident response cycle of uh, NIST, some special publication, 800 mm -hmm. and something, but not anyone has that uh, stuff. Uh, there it is pretty cool uh, described what to do and what the steps are. But first of all, know what is normal to uh, know about possible anomalies. Mm -hmm. 
and also actually it this article did not really re reveal it but it might come into the crisis management which is also about communication handling the economic effects of such a such an attack i guess so yes but uh, yeah thank you for for these insights and do you consider that uh, you said that uh, it surprises you positively the 54 uh, 54% well, uh, it's, it's this is a development but what do you see on on the side of of penetration testing and incident response capabilities and detection and response capabilities can you make a guess is is the the development still or there as well present in Germany, I mean. uh, as, as I said, there are various customers. So when you're working for a DAX company, uh, which has a certain maturity in uh, cybersecurity, um, it is well, kind of, I do not want to say relaxed, but but under control. Mm -hmm. And if you are, uh, let's say, to, to a company who is probably not very deep in IT, um, some some hidden champions, uh, German Mittelstand, you probably have mm -hmm. heard. Um, <laughs> A lot of times where we simply do not have the knowledge, we do not have the manpower. And um, yeah, it's, it's uh, not really easy for a, a medium-sized company to hire one or two or three experts, which are pretty expensive. So um, we can be done a lot with uh, automatic detection of anomalies. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, how explicit can I be? Um, if the shit hits so then you have to care about it. Yeah, so you have to do uh, some some stuff. And um, in order to know that you have to do some stuff, um, you should know uh, what was important. Do you have some business continue plans? What what mm -hmm. do you really need to to keep alive? And uh, if you um, summarize, so if you have uh, spotted what your your core. IT assets are, which are really essential to uh, your company for its operation, um, you have to think about it. How how can I manage that? If there is an incident, what would I do? How, how would I mm -hmm. try to... Uh, uh, to uh, let, let's go to the, the cycle, which I earlier mentioned from, from NIST. After you had um, detected an anomaly, uh, you say, okay, I have to analyze that. And you have to analyze that issue, that event. And if you realize, okay, that is not just a simple and there's really some nasty things going on. There are some perpetrators already in the company doing funny stuff. Uh, yeah, you have to uh, try, of course, uh, not try. You have to do it uh, to, to contain uh, that, that issue mm -hmm. uh, as far as it's possible. And if you stop them by whatever means, it could be in a, in a, in a company which is not really good prepared uh, switching off everything um, you have to care about eradication and recovery and if you've done that um, it, it's also a cycle between I have to analyze I have to detect is it is it still ongoing did I have it stopped and so on and yeah after you have, have done that uh, you have to do your uh, lessons learned afterwards and which mm -hmm. is part of your uh, general preparedness of, of your mm -hmm. knowing the baseline and those those steps what to do and how to do it why are well probably for for most companies we are complicated but if you've done it several times it's um, straightforward actually and mm -hmm. of course you you need some decent knowledge and uh, you have to um, uh, 
let's say, interpret the, the, the traces you see and probably have to uh, be uh, flexible in, in the big things what you're doing. But you have to train that. And uh, if the people do not have any, any training or are not uh, prepared how to handle such uh, incident, it might be probably advisable to, to get some help from the outside. In, in such a situation, but um, uh, getting one one step uh, back, most companies are really able to handle an incident with their own skilled um, employees if they know what to do, and if there is no management uh, being panicking and being in the headless chicken mode and, and trying to um, make things better, it never works. It always hits uh, again, the uh, then. So yeah, it just does not uh, work that way. So um, yeah, if, if we uh, know at least the basics, that would help a lot. So yeah, preparation is important. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Actually, last year you uh, participated and, and presented in the online event Sicherheitsnetzwerk uh, München mm -hmm. uh, about uh, cyber attacks and ransomware attacks. So, would you share some of your already shared <laughs> uh, recommendations regarding <laughs> ransomware attacks? <laughs> Not too much, but, <laughs> but the basics. Yeah. Okay. I, I can. Yeah. So. Um, Let's start with the attack vector. So uh, in most circumstances, the attack vector is either a really shitty uh, um, system, which is uh, still accessible from the outside. So mm -hmm. uh, in, in the beginning, let's say, there was a lot of Windows Server 2008 R2 versions, which have been uh, um, hijacked uh, easily. And uh, if, if there are certain systems out there uh, which have known vulnerabilities, it's just a question of time. So there is no one uh, going to attack company AB uh, from a ransomware aspect. Uh, there is no one going to attack company ABC because it's company ABC. We, we simply write some, some scanners, look for the usual vulnerabilities where we have their own playbooks to exploit them and uh, knocking at the door. And uh, if we are knocking on, on let's say, 100,000 doors, a thousand will pop open and when we have their business. Uh, but it's vector one, vector two is if it's probably a more choosy um, target, which has some uh, resilience, is the human factor. So um, in a lot of cases, it's either the, the traveling businessman who is using the notebook in a hotel and who steps in some uh, payload, which is later activated when he's back in the company, or it's simply malware. So sending uh, people malware per email, uh, let's say human resources department is completely used to get emails from unknown people uh, with attachments saying, this is my CV, please have a look. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and there are two vectors. And after the um, an attacker uh, has the foot in the company, um, of course, we will look a little bit around. Uh, in, in former times, it was just uh, getting uh, everything as, as fast as possible um, encrypted. Uh, meanwhile, in the first step, we are trying to steal a lot of data, uh, as much data as we can. You probably have the, the news right now. I do not name any, any company name, but if you're simply looking for ransomware and DuxCandy, you will probably find one or the other who really have trouble uh, right now. 
because where data has been stolen and uh, is offered in the, the dark net um, and therefore also in the internet uh, for, for sale. So if, if, you, if you lost data uh, in the size of two terabyte, I guess where is all kind of intellectual property in there, um, not to speak about all the personal data of employees, of, of maybe customers or whatsoever. Uh, so, so it is a, a huge uh, problem for the um, companies. But, but coming probably back to the uh, response, yeah. The, the response. response, yes, yeah. So, or detecting an anomaly. If everything is encrypted and nothing works anymore, and a lot of machines where probably some, some process files or whatsoever is encrypted as well, we stop working. And you see in every directory uh, strange um, uh, file indexes, and you see uh, readmes or probably uh, readme first uh, HTML file saying, hey, you have been encrypted with showing nice messages on the screen. I think every idiot will be able to detect an anomaly here. So that is pretty easy. So uh, ransomware gangs. Um, sorry, I guess not keen. just. Sorry, not just. Sorry, not just the idiots. I guess so. Even the smart <laughs> people will be able to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Getting blunt. Yeah, you're right. And um, there, there is a different approach. We want attention, and we want to have fast attention uh, to get their money uh, fast. So it's a completely different approach of an APT, advanced persistent threat. Uh, so those are the guys who are very sneaky and very silent and stay to uh, be under the radar. And um, yeah, it's a, a completely different uh, approach. And, uh, and an APT is, is it's, it's, let's say, a, a red teaming uh, from, from the outside, while um, um, ransomware is simply the nuke. Oof, everything is um, mm. gone. Uh, so, so it's really um, easy to detect <laughs> under normal circumstances. Um, there, you need your recovery plans, and especially you need your backups. Probably not just the backups of your your system um, images, but but in, uh, very important of your data. So um, I'm not sure if there are some some numbers. Normally, I just uh, get informed uh, if if people do have a problem that we do not get. Uh, where data back because the backups have been uh, encrypted as well or have been deleted, um, then it really becomes nasty because in, in that case, we have to discuss with the, um, um, with the bad guys on the other side uh, to find some kind of uh, solution, however we might uh, look. And um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, in, in former times, uh, where also has been paid money to uh, those uh, perpetrators, um, the question is, uh, should the, the company go belly up? Or should we uh, send some money to them to, to get their help? It's probably the wrong wording here, uh, to get the keys and uh, the promise that they do not uh, publish any data. But yeah, in the end, it's just a bunch of criminals you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Have you tried more, more than reverse engineering or the encryption somehow to, to re reverse engineer and, and 
Yeah, most way, of the encryption is is uh, AAS, so it's, it's pretty good. The encryption itself, mm -hmm. uh, probably we we fuck up with um, the, the keys. So whenever you attack an uh, encryption, and if the uh, you probably know Kirchhoff's principle, um, so so the, the, the algorithm itself can be published. It's just a question: how good is your key material? And uh, I, I add: uh, how do you you do you store your key uh, material? In the end, the attack. Uh, if that kind of let's call it business uh, should work um, has to care about the keys and has to be able to deliver the keys which are normally uh, bind in some encryption or decryption uh, tool where it's uh, hardwired inside um, that that it really does the job as promised to uh, decrypt the data if that does not work the business is gone mm -hmm. and um, wherefore um, attacking the encryption itself is futile most of the times but you ha have an interesting look on, on where is the key store at the beginning of uh, ransomware the keys have been somewhere in a windows registry so if you know where you simply could look them up and it was easy to uh, program some uh, decryptors uh, which made it uh, unnecessary. Um, but, but as I said, even if you are able to um, encrypt, uh, to decrypt the stuff again, uh, we came to a, a double extortion. So uh, where we learned in the beginning, it was simply um, encrypting stuff and, and asking for money. Uh, but now in the first place, we're trying to steal as many um, important information as possible. And of course, we know the time is ticking uh, if we are inside of a company and if we move lateral, uh, probably some, some systems might be triggered and someone might get some attention on them. Mm -hmm. And uh, wherefore, we have uh, also sophisticated uh, methods of, of looking for really important data. So we, we concentrate on um, data which is pain for the company, which is for instance, a personal data. So uh, normally, just uh, not just, but normally, uh, um, the employee data is stolen. A customer data is stolen. They probably look for contracts of deliverers, contracts uh, with other uh, companies. So material which you could probably either call uh, business confidential or relevant um, to the DSGVO, which is the uh, GDPR in English. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, uh, stepping a bit back, um, we understood now that uh, what is penetration testing and red teaming good for? What are, what are the threats within a cyber attack, and why should we be prepared with a with a contingency plan at least, and and going into incident response capabilities, the more the better. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we did not talk today about the regulation. Uh, I don't know if you are a believer in, in regulation. In my opinion, it helps at least to to set up the, the, the framework, the, the blueprint for the companies to accommodate to. Uh, do you have uh, an, an, an idea or, or a, an opinion about what on European level the decisions, decision makers could do to, to the quicker, a bit quicker step forward in, in resilience, cyber resilience? Uh, that's that's a, a tough question. Uh, so, so I was a, a member of um, uh, the committee to uh, work on the German uh, cyber resilience strategy. Mm -hmm. um, 
there was a lot of talking. And when I said maybe some sanctions would have been a good idea, all the guys from the industry said, fuck you. Uh, we worded it differently, but actually it was the message. And um, the question is, how can you motivate people? How can you motivate managers to care in a um, preventive way? Normally, we are just reactive uh, if, if things happen where we cry for help. Uh, but actually, we should be uh, more proactive. We should care about it. And how do you motivate people? And one big motivation, of course, in Germany was the GDPR. Uh, I, I've seen it pretty clearly uh, about, let's say, Okay, it's a longer time. Let's say eight years ago or something, if it was a really uh, huge um, uh, disaster with, with a lot of leaked personal data, the manager simply shrugged with her shoulders and said, hey, come on, it's just customer's data. No one cares about it. But if we are fined with 100,000 bucks, that's different. So in that way, regulation works. And I think it should be uh, clear to every manager and every decider, if you are wasting private data or personal data of other people, that will cost you money. That really will cost you money. That will um, uh, small your revenue. And, and yeah, you, you have to pay for it. it. It's a pain. So in the end, I'm convinced about that managers simply learn by pain, unfortunately. Um, uh, you, you can you can key it differently. You can say uh, risk avoidance or whatsoever. So yeah, uh, or you can yeah. say also people learn from pain. I am afraid. <laughs> so, that's human. Uh, so in, in business term, pain is money. So if we lose money, why will care about it? And it's just asking how much money um, do we uh, lose if things happen. Unfortunately, in a lot of situations, business administration talks about a black swan and a black swan will never happen and so on. And who has an interest to attack us and we are safe and yalla, I don't know, name it. And uh, I've seen so many black swans in so many different colors. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, probably... Um, pain-driven works and mm -hmm. the question is how would you like to do regulations um, i have no idea one, one thing is well it costs money if we lose personal data i'm, I'm pretty pretty sure some weasels will find ways um, to to make uh, that uh, some more painless by mitigating or delegating or whatsoever without really addressing the issue without really caring about security the, the main uh, point is security is not a business function it's it's probably necessary and probably uh, molesting uh, the people and costing money and we do not see any benefit for that and um but, but this is a key issue here so security is from a perspective of management very often just additional but but it's essential in in our times today because it can be a huge showstopper for everything so mm -hmm. if, if your security breaks uh, and your system break your business will break it's that easy and um if you would like to do it uh, proactive with um, regulation but, uh, yeah, if you look at the NIST regulation framework or, or, or the German Cybersecurity Act, the new version, mm -hmm. then the fines are, are going up dramatically. So you, mm -hmm. you could be, so it's a positive uh, sign on, on your, in your opinion. Step forward. Well, it draws, it draws so. some, 
So it draws some attention to uh, at least of risk managers of the um, accounting company. So mm -hmm. just big companies are afraid to lose a lot of money. A small company, if we really uh, have uh, some um, GDPR uh, trouble, I, I don't think so that uh, the, the governmental institutions will have any interest to, to make them go uh, into bankruptcy. That will not happen under normal circumstances. And for bigger companies who really can afford it probably yeah it should be expensive of course and um, the risk managers should draw the right conclusions how can we avoid that and um, the more we go into let's do some proactive activities measures and so on the better it is but Security is very often not seen as, as a key function. So we say, okay, we need an insurance. So we, we waste our money in insurance contracts or whatsoever. We probably also have a building block um, ransomware and uh, um, uh, digital extortion and so on. Um, yeah, but um, if, if there is a way uh, to make management aware that really improving their own technical uh, security and awareness and complete uh, um, uh, stack becoming more resilient and, and being mature in a cybersecurity way, the better. I am not sure if a regulation uh, is the, the key factor for that, but um, at least it will help a bit, I guess. Okay. Thank you very much for your opinion. I, I really enjoy this talk uh, with you on, on one hand very informative the other on the hand it's very joyful and and, and fun <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pleasure so... for me as well but i had the feeling i was talking all the time <laughs> but that's a podcast so it's the best oh, okay. best place to do it i guess so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm even grateful for for you uh, yeah. talking a bit more than than maybe normally but uh, yeah, so for, for the listeners, uh, I hope you liked today's episode and we would love if you join us for the next episode of Cybersupport EU and uh, look at the, the notes. Uh, we, you will find uh, interesting links as well and be with us next time again. Thank you very much, Rav. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.